This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Following an entertaining overtime game, Gordon and I will talk a little baseball and football. The Giants speak. We'll tell you what they said next. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Also, be a Twitter at Hardest ESPN at ESPN NY ninety eight underscore seven FM at Gordon Damer. We're here until midnight, along with Brian McGee. At that time, it's Freddie and Fitzsimmons here on ninety eight seven ESPN. Hey, Gordon, what's happening? Larry, how are we feeling tonight? So, Gordon, let me tell you, I've got a couple of things on my mind, Gordon. All right, I hope. Yes, we're on First till midnight. All, we got to fill yeah. some time here, right? <laughs> but that's why I have you, my friend. I know oh, you. Okay. I know oh, you. I got. I have nothing on my mind, oh, so we'll ride stop. you all the way to the midnight. Come on, let's stop. go. Stop. There's no way you have nothing on your mind. There's no way. So a couple of things, Gordon. First of all, all right. now look, I, I'm not the hockey maven. No. Nor nor was I up in discussions on TMKS on the NHL ESPN right. deal, which we'll talk about a little later. Sure. To be rivaling Don LeGrecker for a job there, but I will tell you this. And I know hockey purists don't like it. I love the three-on-three in the overtime. It's certainly wa- three more wide three. open, right? Yeah, I love it. The, the Islander Brewing game, that was fun. They had, they, both of them had really good opportunities. It I enjoyed the back openness. and forth there at the end, right? I, yeah, it almost I felt like that the, the maybe guys were a little out of gas going back and forth as much yeah. as they were because there were some opportunities and some plays to be made there and just uh, – you know, things just, uh, you know, they had some rushes, but uh, just could not connect in uh, on the passes and stuff like that. Yeah, so, and the Islanders win again. They just continue to roll. They're playing well. That's six in a row, right? Yep. They own opposed... the Bruins in the third period. I they think they, what was the stat? They, they had eight, no, they've outscored them eight nothing in the third period yeah. this year. So, no goals in the third period tonight. So, uh, that stat still plays. Still plays well. And I'm sure we'll hear from Ranger fans who are ready to, you know, hit hit the, hit the, as Bart Scott used to call it when he was uh, with the Jets, and we would ask him, "Is the, uh, how concerning are you? How badly do you need this game?" He would always say, "Gordon, this is not break glass, pull emergency button yet." <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> but for some Ranger fans, it might be considering they were concerned after Week One. Yeah. The, the, well, look. I mean, they they were right though, right? I mean, yeah. we, we were trying to preach patience, and you know, neither of us are, are major hockey mavens, as you said. But uh, the the Ranger fan, while maybe it was just a coincidence, they turned out to be right in terms of the the panic level that they had early on. They weren't off by much because no. <laughs> the Rangers have not. You keep waiting for them to maybe kind of hit their stride and find some rhythm, and that has not happened. No, it has not happened. So that so those are one couple of things that were on my mind. The other thing that was on my mind, Gordon, is I'm hooked. Not on promo code Gordon yet. Okay. But I am hooked on this uh, game that I've downloaded on my phone. Uh-huh. And it's called Differences. Okay. And what they do is they give you two different things, two different visuals. Okay. And you have to point Find out the to differences. them. Right, the differences. Okay, and they give you. There's five of them usually, mm-hmm. and as you go up, you know, you go further up the the, the ladder, get more you, difficult. They get more and more difficult. So, uh, I have been differencing for a while now, and I'm differenced out. <laughs> <laughs> that can happen. That can happen. Those games, you know, there's a reason why. You know, the first you see, like for me, I see my kids playing these games, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know, these, you guys are spending way too much time on this stuff. You're way too. Fo- you got to be focused more on school. Give me those iPads. Give me the phones. And then I'll look at it for a second. And at first I'll mock it and I'll make fun of it. And then by, you know, the end of the week, I'm end up playing it and I'm hooked. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It, it's, it's really good. It's really, and, and you know, it keeps you focused, you know, sharp. It keeps you keen eye. And, and what it does, Gordon, is it makes you look for details, right? That, that's the thing that's about it. There's little details that maybe there's a, they may have a, a plant, one way pointing to the left and one picture pointing to the right and other ones. It's just little things. And so you re- it really forces you to look for details. So it's, it's interesting. And it's, um, you know, something that when you have a moment and you're tired of teaching your kids, uh, you know, English. Well, I'm, I'm tired of that already, Larry. I can tell you that right now. I can tell you that right now. Um, well, look, if it's something that will keep people sharp and, and get you to notice little things, you know, maybe we can suggest it to some people running some, uh, some teams in this town because uh, <laughs> it seems like we could use some uh, attention to detail right now. 
It sure does. And one of the teams that's really concerned, Gordon, and, uh, you know, I, I want to come to you. We'll hear what Michael Kay had to say about it in a couple of minutes is the Zach Britton situation. Yeah, not good, right? No. Uh, you know, I, I think it was Saturday. I, I might have said it with you last week. I always love to, like, count down, right? Like, I like to – it's 22 days until spring training. It's 51 days to the draft. I like to do those kind of, you know, keep an eye on where things are going. And I think it was on Saturday I said, you know, it's 26 days until spring training. Can the Yankees go any stretch of this season, 26 consecutive days, without getting an injury? And then, of course, a couple of days later, we have an injury. And look, it's a big one. I mean, there's no other way to put it. I mean, you're talking about a guy who is, I think, I don't even think it's, it's a stretch to say he's the most dependable arm out of that bullpen. If you said to a Yankee fan in a big spot, you got to get one out, you got to get, you know, first and third, two out in an inning, who are you going to go to? I think more times than not, Zach Britton's the guy. I mean, mm-hmm. Certainly more than Chapman, more than Green. Darren O'Day just got here. You know, Justin Wilson, you're not going to trust him yet. So, I mean, this is a big loss, and it's not the type of thing where he's going to be down for a week or two. You're talking probably June before you, you yeah. see Zach Britton. So that is a major piece. Now, it's it's good news that it's not Tommy John surgery because, any mm-hmm. t- you know, at this point it's almost like um, – you know, Stockholm syndrome with this, with this Yankee team. Like yeah, really. you're just waiting for the worst. I don't know if that's the right analogy, but you know what I mean? You're just waiting for the, the right, the, the, uh, the worst news to come down the pike, right? A guy has an elbow. Oh, obviously it's Tommy Johnson. Something happens to somebody's shoulder. Well, he's out for the year. So the fact it wasn't Tommy John surgery, I guess is good. And the Yankee bullpen, I think is still an area of strength, even losing Britain, but that strength, which you need it to be, is now not as strong. So, uh, yeah, this is obviously a, um, a big injury and uh, one that could have been worse, but it's not, it still doesn't make it good. Yeah. Will undergo, we'll undergo arthroscopic surgery to remove a bone chip from his left elbow tomorrow, and the surgery will be expected to be performed by Dr. Christopher Ahmad. He's been doing that a lot. Boy, is his name popular with the Yankees. <laughs> it's a little too popular, right? Like I mean, I, I hear oh, that guy's gosh. name more than I hear people on the team. I know. Well, he he is the team right now. He and he's done a good job of getting guys back. He does the surgery, does right. a good got good job of getting them back. Now, here's here's the only bright spot about this, Gordon. The only bright spot is it happened in March. That's the only bright spot. At least you've got time to get him back and get him ready for the postseason. That's the only bright spot about it. If you got to have injuries like this, you have to have them early. You can't have them in the middle of the season going toward the end because that that has a serious impact. And the way that Aaron Boone loves to go to his bullpen in the postseason and you like to match up. And and the the one thing you love about Britain is – even though you hold your breath when Sanchez is behind the plate with him, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a run on third because the the the, the uh, breaking ball is so sharp yep. it could skip by him. So you're mm-hmm. holding your breath. But he is a strikeout miss pitcher. He is a guy that's very very dangerous to lefties and righties. Yeah, I mean he's just he's kind of a I think he's the most automatic guy they have out of that pen. I mean mm-hmm. uh, it's the guy that you rely on more. I think than you know you, we've certainly seen Chapman in big spots, but we've seen him have his. Is his meltdowns at times during the regular season? I'm sure Britain has blown some games here or there, but it doesn't seem nearly as significant as anybody else in that pen. We've seen Green have issues as well, so uh, you just kind of try to figure out how they're going to piece it together in the back end. But uh, that's obviously a big piece to be missing, and it would just be nice if there were ever one of these seasons where we could go, yeah, without getting you know major. Look, every team has injuries, and I'm sure you know, like when Clark Schmidt's name got popped, you know, that was a guy you were kind of hoping to see something from. Okay, he goes, all right, that's you know, that's part of doing business. There's going to be guys that get hurt. Zach Britton's a major part of the team. Yeah, you know, that's one of the guys you're really depending on, and and you you think that the injury bug, well, at some point, it's it's not going to be as big an issue. It's it's an issue every year. And, and Cashman has said in the past, you know, when you, tra- when you, when you change training regimens sometimes, you get more injuries the, 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 the first year under the new. Well, this is not the first year. So, I mean, what the heck is going on? that they, they just can't keep these guys healthy. Now, it's a bone spur. I guess it's just part of – it's just very frustrating, you know, as a fan when, you, when you're, you're getting ready for the season and you have a big piece and already that piece is going to be missing for a couple of months of the season. Yeah, definitely. This news came down during the Michael K show here on 987 ESPN. So, you know, Michael had his thoughts about the loss of Zach Britton. If you have to have surgery to remove a bone spur or a bone chip, 
you're going to be out likely three months. Now, do the Yankees have enough weapons to absorb this? Yeah. Yeah, we've seen it before. Everybody and their grandmother got hurt a couple of years ago. They won 103 yeah. games. So we're not going to say anything is backbreaking. But this is a significant loss for them if he's out for three months. That means he's not going to be back until sometime in June. He is so important to that bullpen because he is as good a relief pitcher as the world is Chapman. And when he took over for Chapman last year, he was perfect in closing out games. He was great. And I think he converted 53 straight save opportunities well with the Orioles. He's a machine out there getting ground balls. This is a big blow because now everybody in the bullpen has a different role. Is Chad Green going to pitch the eighth? Well, if he's going to be the eighth inning pitcher, he's not going to pitch two innings at a time sometimes. Where's Darren O'Day go? How about Jonathan Loisega? Who's going to move in? Are they going to make a call to Shane Green, a reliever who's still out there who has a track record? Do they have the money to bring him in and stay under $210 million at threshold? These are questions. Uh, if you're a Yankee fan, you're probably pulling your hair out and going, well, when does this end? Hey, Gordon, what's your yeah. thoughts on Loisega? Uh, I like him out of the pen. Uh, I, I don't like him in that starting role, but I, mm-hmm. I, I can see how his stuff – it has not really – I don't feel like it's really clicked for him as of yet. You know, there's times where you see him where he looks lights out, mm-hmm. uh, but it's not consistent nearly enough. I'd like to see what his age is, but this is going to be a big year for him, right? Yes, like it is. It, it, this is. And now this is a big opportunity for him because, you know, you talk about Green and you talk about O'Day and you talk about Wilson – that's three guys. You got uh, Chapman. Assume it, you know. Let's hope uh, we can make it till tomorrow before anybody else gets hurt. Yeah. You're talking about four or five spots now. Sess is going to certainly be one of those guys there. I know they like the kid Michael King. Uh, Nick Nelson is a kid that they like a lot, but Loisaga seems to have a stuff, and they seem to really like him a lot. And you know, generally. The Yankees generally do a good job of finding real, even when they've been, even when before the you know the run and before the, they, they have always seemed to be able to find one or two guys in the pen that have been halfway decent. I'm, to, you know, I'm talking like late '80s. They could find like Lee Guterman or Cecilio yeah. Guante, or you know, they, they'd mm-hmm. always find a guy here or there. So they seem to have a lot of faith in him. He's not. Um, I, I like him for, certainly better coming in because it seems like he loses his stuff pretty quickly yeah. uh, in the starters role. But, um, yeah, he, he's definitely a guy that I think that uh, is going to get a chance. And, uh, of course, Domingo Herman. I mean, there's a very good chance that maybe he doesn't make the rotation and he ends up in the pen. So you got more than enough names, but how those names build together, I don't know. Yeah, it, it is interesting. And it is going to be interesting because now the pressure really goes on your closer, right? Because, uh, listen, the one thing about Chapman that bothers you is he can be dominant coming to strike out folks and strike out folks. But for me, he just, and I don't know who makes the call for pitches or, or sequence or anything like that, Gordon, but it just seems like he throws the wrong pitch at the wrong time. Okay. For, think of it this way. If I'm throwing fastball and I'm throwing fastball and I see that the batter is on to the fastball, like they're fouling it straight back. Mm-hmm. Gordon, I need to change something. I don't need to throw him another fastball because he's got it timed. I need to throw an off-speed pitch maybe to throw his timing off and then maybe come back, or I need my location to be a little different. And it just seems as though he doesn't do that. I mean, listen, if I threw 100 miles an hour, 101 miles an hour, I'd be saying, here it is, hit it too. But once, but you have to read the batters, and I just don't think sometimes he does that, and that's what's hurt him in the postseason. Yeah, and he, I mean, look, I, I, every closer, you know, has those stretches during the season. Unfortunately for Chapman, the last couple of years, it's come at the end of the season as well. So that's, uh, you know, the season has ended with him on the mound. So that's obviously an issue there. Uh, look, I, that was a guy that I thought at the beginning of the offseason, right after the season ended, and you first got these murmurs of, you know, the, the payroll is going to be an issue. I, I was mm. wondering, you know, is, is there any possibility they might move? You know, this is two years in a row that he's had the issues at the end of the season. How can you, how can you have real confidence in him coming back for a third year? He's making a lot of money. There's not really that many Yankees. It was basically him and Adovino that are making some change, and, and you might be able to make a change there. But they bring him back. So, um, yeah, but he definitely has those moments where – even with the fastball sometimes, you know, when he doesn't have that electric fastball or he, he stays away from the slider at all costs, you know what I mean? There, mm-hmm. there are some weird things that sometimes go on with him. He, he's a very good closer, but uh, he he's is. had some obviously pretty, <laughs> pretty clear blowups. It, it, it's not too hard to remember where they came. And it's just, you know, in one way, it's kind of unfair to him, Gordon, because being a Yankee fan, you, you're used to Mariano. 
and you're used yeah. to you're well, used to not having those situations like no. that. <laughs> yeah. This this I is mean, weird. Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't you can't live with that. You know, perfect is perfect, right? I mean, yep. he was he was about as close. And look, he would have his you know he would have in early sometimes in in late April or. Or May, he would have like a week or two where he wasn't classic Mariano and people would start, well, you know, what about, mm-hmm. what about you know, uh, to me, Mariano's greatest feat more than all the stats, more than all the awards or this or that was he was the one reliever Joe Torre could never burn out. <laughs> you know, he, he could never, they could ne- he could never burn that guy out. He could just go out there and he'd throw his innings and he'd get oh. through them. And uh, yeah, I mean, Mariano is <laughs> a reason why he's the best of all time, right? It's very hard to duplicate that. And Joe tried. Oh, he tried. <laughs> Scott Proctor say, "Hey, how do you do that?" <laughs> he still can't lift his arm. No, yeah, Scott Proctor. Yeah, he's got the he got the Scott Proctor treatment. You know, some some of those guys have gotten that uh, that treatment where just never the same. It's amazing how he was able to lift his hand to set that fire to his equipment on the on the field uh, when he was so upset. <laughs> it's amazing. It, it's crazy. It's just yeah. crazy. It really is. Gordon, aside from uh, Zach Britton's injury today, there were some concerns when. Yes, Clint Frazier hit the wall kind of hard going for a, a fly ball. And uh, Aaron Hicks said he ran over there because, he, remember, this is a guy who suffered the, from a concussion yeah. before really hitting, hitting the wall. Loop. Yeah, yeah. and so Hicks was like, listen, I wanted to go over there and make sure he was okay. And mm-hmm. you know, it turns out that he was. Gordon, I'm telling you, if you, if you can get through if you can get through spring training, I think you'll be okay. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. I mean, right? I mean, the managers they have a pacemaker. I mean, this guy's going down, that guy's going down. Clint Frazier's running into walls. You know, I mean, uh, I don't think that we let's just can everybody just take a uh, take a breath, right? Like, can yeah. we just you know calm everything down here for a second or two? And Babe Sanchez had another home run today. Well, look, I mean, there are some some po- the two real positive signs that I've seen uh, of just a little bit that I've seen has been Glaber. Glaber has looked really good and mm-hmm. clearly Gary Sanchez. Now, look, it's spring training. I don't know who he hit the home run off of today, uh, what pitcher. But if he were striking out, if he were having, you know, uh, like a lot of guys are right with spring training's just started. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was taking a look at uh, who is it? Urshela, I think, is still looking for his first hit of the spring or. A couple of guys are, you know, you know, have had some some rough starts so far. If that were Gary Sanchez, I'm sure we would be hearing about it. Yes. So the fact that he has gotten off to a good start is great. It always feels, though, of course, the guy that has the big spring, the regular season opens up, and uh, hmm. it's it's, uh, it's a completely different story. So uh, I don't know exactly what you want to have happen. I guess you want him to perform well in spring and, and get his head right and and hit the ground running when the regular season starts. It's going to take more than a few spring training home runs, though, for people to kind of forget the, the two of the last three years for Gary. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And another positive thing was Debbie Garcia, uh, Gordon. Now, he had some issues his last time I gave up a couple of home runs uh, in his first spring training start. But three scoreless innings, two hits, struck out five earlier today. That's Because I'm real interested about him, Gordon. He, he intrigued me when he came up last year. And, and he, he's a guy that I think could really be – electric in that in that Yankee rotation thought that they really screwed up you know, obviously we yeah. can have that conversation he really screwed yeah. up with the one inning in, in the postseason just to start him you know to go to pull him after one but I think he's got some stuff I and I and I like his attitude he's got a little moxie in him Gordon yeah I mean you like seeing him on the mound last year he was impressive when he was out there so uh and he's a name that you've kind of heard for a little while if you're a Yankee fan you've heard the name Davey Garcia for a while so and uh, you know I don't know necessarily that I would agree with uh, some of the comparisons that are made about uh, him and Pedro Martinez I think we need to to calm that down a little bit but no I mean when you take a look at the Yankees rotation this year there's Garrett Cole and there's a whole bunch of question marks and I think I would feel more confident getting to see what I can out of Davey Garcia than a lot of the other names that are in that rotation. I don't have a whole lot of, as I've said, we said last night, you know, I don't have a whole lot of confidence that Corey Kluber is going to make it for the long haul. It's all well and good that Jamison Tyon says, you know, he's looking at 150 innings this year. I'll believe it when I see it. So <laughs> Davey Garcia is a guy that you've seen a little bit of. You'd like to see more. And I think that you will get to see more of him over the course of the season. Yeah, and and like I said, I'm real I'm real curious with how he can go because I just his off speed stuff is really good. 
I, I like his off-speed stuff, Gordon. I do. Yeah, you know, a lot of the uh, the new age stats, like the spin rates and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I don't think that they're all that kind to Davey Garcia, but mm-hmm. he gets outs. And he gets, line. you know, he, he gets, he's a, it's almost like he kind of fools people with his pitches. So uh, even his fastball, like they don't expect it to be, I don't know, maybe it's the size, maybe it's just the deception of his size, mm-hmm. but he has, um, he has, he's intrigued. I think Yankee fans, they want to see more of him this year. So uh, I don't know that he'll necessarily be in the starting rotation. I hope so. Considering the options that you have there, I would, I would mm. kind of expect so, but we'll have to I see how so. things play out. Right. I think he earned it from last year, to be honest. I think what he brought up last year, he deserves a shot in the rotation. Why wouldn't he? He could be the fifth starter. I mean, you know, he's good enough to be – I think he's good enough to be the fifth starter right now. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how often you'll need the fifth starter the first month of the year. I don't know where Jordan Montgomery is going to be. So there's some other – you know, Herman, do they feel like Herman is a guy that's better starting than relieving? So – you know, they got some some questions. You know, the one guy that's kind of intrigued me that I don't think that we've brought up, there's this reliever that they got. He has not pitched in the majors since 2015. His name, I think, is Lucas Litke. Hmm. He pitched with the Mariners, I think, for a while. He's not pitching the majors for a very long time. He's like 35. Wow. And again, it's spring training. But so far, his spring training stats, he's pitched in three games. He has uh, faced 11 batters, and he has struck out nine of them, eight of them. Eight of the 11 batters he's faced, he has struck out. Wow. So, I, look, maybe he's a real long shot uh, because of, uh, you know, just how deep the Yankees' pen is. But I did note, I mean, that those numbers kind of jump off the, the page at you. So, I'll be interested to see if he gets more of, you know, with the Britain injury. Mm-hmm. I would think that if there is ever an opportunity for him to make the team, this is going to be it, right? Yeah, absolutely. This this helps him out a lot. It really does. And the other person that I'm kind of interested in, because he he played really well for my guys when he was there, and that's Jay Bruce. And he's uh, trying to. He's a non-roster invitee mm-hmm. down to with with the Yankees had a home run today. I mean, yep. he lefty. You know, I know you love that left-handed stick up in the big. Uh, well, big ballpark. I mean, they kind of need a left-handed stick, right? Especially if it's if it's off the bench. I mean, they could kind of use that left-handed bat. So I don't know what that means for Tockman because Tockman had a very bad year last year, just did not do anything with the power, and he was a guy two years ago that kind of came out of nowhere, and you're thinking to yourself, wow, Cashman has really found something here. Yeah, this right. is a guy that can play all three outfield spots, has power, has some decent speed, can field the position really well. And then last year, it was like uh, whatever magic elixir he had two years ago was completely gone last year. So mm-hmm. the fact that they signed Jay Bruce, I think that people thought that that might, that that might mean uh, that, you know, one of the starting outfield, you know, there's always this, this uh, fear that Clint Frazier is going to lose playing time. I don't think that that's what it's a sign of. But, no, I mean, Bruce has come in right away and, and has a couple home runs so far, and that's a guy that you would expect can provide you. If you know nothing else – you know he's going to be able to hit some some home runs, especially with the short porch at right field at Yankee Stadium. So um, he is off to a good start. So everything that he needs to do to make the roster, he's going to make it tough on the Yankees. I got to be honest with you. I kind of thought he might be, um, uh, you know, insurance for that other lefty that you love so much. Oh, Brett Gardner. Yeah, yeah. Thought, well, Brett's I back. I mean, be, you, you knew know. Brett was coming back. I mean, that that's the he'll be he'll be seventy five years old, and they will still. <laughs> You know, he's gritty, gutty Brett Gardner. And look, I, you know, how can you not like a guy like Brett Gardner? But the problem is, is that the Yankees just rely on him too much, mm-hmm, too mm-hmm. much. Yeah. So, you know, look, if he's, he's back as a, what, if he is back as a fourth outfielder who's going to play a couple of times a week, okay, fine. But mm-hmm. you know that that's not going to be the case. Yeah. It's never the case. It's never the case with him. It never is. It never is. He's, he, and you know what, you know what else is going to happen, right? And I'm not. Let me do it. Let me do it this way because I don't want to jinx you any further. Okay. In the past, when Aaron Hicks has not been able to play, you need to have somebody in center field that you have confidence in, and so Brett Gardner has filled that role. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing that you look for. Okay. Yeah, but the bottom line is, hopefully, they won't have to use him as much as they've used him in the past. You would hope not. Uh, I have to see it to believe it. That's the, that's the problem. Like I've been, I've been, I've been told this so many times that I, I don't believe it until I actually see it. Because, it, I mean, we said it before he came back. Yeah. You knew he was coming back. You, you knew, knew that the back. Yankees were going to bring him back on some sort of deal. I didn't know if it was four million or five million, whatever it was. There was no way that they were not going to bring him back this year. And, and sure enough, he's back. So. 
Uh, everybody loves Brett Gardner, so yeah. um, especially with the Yankees. So look, I, I, it's hard. You know, the person he seems like a good dude, and and mm-hmm. how can you not like a guy who's you know built up the career that he's been able to? You know, when he first came up. I remember Michael was saying at the time, it looked like he was swinging like a wet newspaper. He had no pop whatsoever. <laughs> and he's really kind of crafted himself he into has. a real, I mean, he's played, how many, 13 years? 13 yeah, years he's amazing? played in the main. That's an amazing career. And he's had some good years. He had a decent year last yeah. year. Mm-hmm. But, the, you know, what's the problem is, is that there's been a whole bunch of years in there that have been below average, and nobody kind of brings those up. And there's certainly, in the postseason, I, I don't need, I don't need to see Brett Gardner in postseason at bats anymore. I think I'm good. The issue with him has been he's either had one half of a season that's really good Absolutely. and the other half that's been really mm-hmm. bad, and unfortunately it's been the second half that's been really bad for him. And yeah. that's that's what's hurt him. And that's, and that's what you remember, right? You remember some key games. Here he is, some key at bats. Oh, God, he struck out again. Why is he still in the lineup? Why is he still playing? Why is he still on this team? Mm-hmm. And, and that's the unfortunate thing. But, you know, he, he's been the clutch guy in spots. He's, he's great defensively still. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so it's He can, it, feel, it, it's he can still play yeah. center at times in, in a pinch. So, yeah, I mean, Hicks is not exactly uh, Cal Ripken Jr. out there. So, <laughs> Listen, Gordon, nobody is on that team. No. Nobody no, is Cal nobody Ripken is. Jr. Oh, my God, nobody is. You're right. <laughs> it's unfortunate. By the way, speaking of our bracket, Gordon, we unveiled the first one on Monday, don't we? Yes, we do. And uh, oh, the selection baby. committee, I can, I, it's a, I don't want to give anything away. <laughs> but the selection committee, it, it's having some problems. It's yeah. having some, some issues. The field is so deep. The field is deep. It's deep, man. And you, you think, ah, you know what, I'll be able to figure it out. And then you get into it and you're like, oh, geez, all right, I'll put that. Oh, I forgot about them. I got yeah. it. You have to have them in there. If we don't have them in there, it's very, very difficult. It was extremely difficult. I don't know how they do it with the NCAA. I don't know. I, I, I think that there might be fistfights. I, I don't want to say it, but, you know, this is just the first one, and already it's a, it's a very difficult process trying to narrow it down to only 16 theme songs from the 1970s. Again, I mean, you could probably do an entire bracket just on the 70s. I mean, families were mentioned. This yes. was very. This was very dangerous. Stressful. It's a stressful day. <laughs> you know, you thought you were having just you know a nice little afternoon. The yeah. show is much later. We'll have a little call. We'll talk about what we're going to talk about, and then you yeah. know, I send out the text, and uh, it's uh, you know, it's a bomb. Oh, people get you know? people's like, I, I want this. How come I didn't get? What am I doing? You know, yeah. I, was, I was just like, wow. Yeah, and then I see you know I see some of the votes that are coming in, and I'm like, oh my god, this guy's voting for this thing over here, not that thing over there. <laughs> <laughs> it's an ugly scene, man. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it there's is, going to be is. a lot of people ticked off. But yeah, I'm when sure. You, when you, you look, 16 is 16. 16 yeah. is not 17. It's not 18. <laughs> and you know, we were joking. I think it was a couple of weeks ago. You brought up, you know, we're going to have any play-in games. I, yeah. ah, we don't need any. We could kind of use a play-in game. I'm going to tell you, <laughs> because we could throw four of them in a hat. Yeah. Throw up a poll question, and that might make our job a little bit easier. But I think it's the true. fun of it is is to have the big reveal so you yes, don't know yes. who's in and who's out at all. Right. Right. So I think we'll do that on Monday. Yeah, yeah. But it was – it was. Uh, well, look. Contentious. It's not, it's not done yet, right? We're still working on no, it. And tomorrow, on it. the email the, – you know, the text goes out with the 80s. And oh, boy. And I'll tell you right now, <laughs> that one's not any easier. No, it's not. It's not. You know what? I, I, it's it's going to be funny. I don't know which one's going to be tougher. The tougher of the 70s or 80s or 2000 and beyond. 2000 and beyond is going to be a bloodbath. <laughs> the only one that's easy is the 90s. The 90s is very top heavy. Like mm-hmm. you can, if you just kind of, I don't want to say, but if you just think about the 90s, you can come up yes. with probably the top three seeds right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And then, you mm-hmm. know, there's another bunch that are good, but they just aren't the top three. I think if you're if you're the number one seed in that region, you have a very good chance to come out of that region. The 70s, coming up with oh. a number one seed, it's, gonna be it's next to him. Well, look, I will, I will say this. The, what it looks like will be the number one seed, mm-hmm. at least from the selection committee, yes. has been the overwhelming choice. Everybody has it either one or two on their card. Mm-hmm. So it's clear who the number one seed is going to be. For the 70s, it's much more difficult to try to narrow the field to 16 because there are a lot of great theme songs that yeah. are you know, very, very close that you could take this one or that one, and you can't take both. 
Yeah, yeah. It's not not to give anything away, but there's so many. The '70s Gordon seemed to have so many instrumental ones. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. so so yeah, you, they really it, focused on it back then. Yeah. So do you want the instrumental, or do you like a story being told with your mm-hmm. theme? Yeah. <laughs> and then there's so, some that are just they're great songs that yes. turned out to be theme songs as well. Exactly. Yes. Um, and how does that play in, right? Is it about the best song or is it about the best show? You know, it's very difficult. So we'll, we'll get difficult. it narrowed down yes, and uh, yes. people will uh, yell at us and tell me I'm an idiot. So that's that's the goal. No, 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 yeah. no, no. No, it'll happen. They'll it's tell, no, Look, they'll tell it's part us of the job. we're idiots. No, oh, no, no. Oh, yeah, no, They're absolutely. Not you. They'll tell nah, us they'll tell, we're they'll idiots. It'll be specifically me. No, that's no, That's the no, one no. I'll get the credit for. No, 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 no. You bring people together, so it can't be you. Look, this the beauty of it is, is once we get to, you know, the, the field is set, it's almost like your kid. Mm-hmm. You, you raise the kid, you, you try to raise them right, and then you send them out into the world. And, and you're kind of powerless at that point, right? When they're That's an right. adult, that, you know, there's nothing much you can do. So once we have the 64 set, it'll be up to you, the listening public, you, the voting public, to decide which is the number one seeds, really, when it comes down to it. That's right, and we will unveil that bracket for you on Monday. Thank you. We don't need any more. <laughs> well, no, look, if you, if, I would say this. If you have anything in the 70s, please, dear God, keep it yourself. <laughs> I, I, I would just say, please, don't make the job. I can't be sending out any more text about 1970s themes. So, you know, we were sitting around getting ready for dinner tonight, and we're saying to the OK Google, hey, oh, Google, play this theme song. Play that wow. theme song. So wow. I can only imagine what my Amazon search history now, you know, because it's all tied in together. You know, all these sure. all these companies. As soon as you say something, you you oh accidentally click on an ad. If you click on an ad for socks accidentally, you'll be getting sock ads for the rest of your life. You'll never you, you'll never want for another pair of socks in your life. So I can only imagine how the uh, the, the OK Google search tonight was is going to uh, impact my life in the future. And please thank the saintly Mrs. Damer for Mrs. Damer. She does a great job. She, you know, she is. Uh, I will say she is part of the selection committee. She mm-hmm. does have a vote. She's got good taste overall. Not necessarily mm-hmm. in men, but still, you, you can't <laughs> hold that against her. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Uh, I think it's going to be. I think people are going to have fun with it. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. And we will we will unveil it Monday. Other than the seventies and eighties, if you have some thoughts, mm-hmm. email us at hardest to ESPN at Gordon Damer. But the seventies and eighties are closed. We're good. Yeah, yeah. We got we're good. Well, I don't need any more Knight Rider. Knight no. Rider has been we have we have been informed <laughs> that you enjoy Knight Rider. We got it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. But anything else, please hit it. Either that or there's a bunch of Hassel, uh, what was it, Hassel, Hassel, D- Hassel, Hasselhoff, sure. Hasselhoff fans. Yeah. It's a bunch of Hasselhoff fans that you really, know, the, really the love The funny it. thing is that some people then, you know, they go the other way. They want to show you how great their taste is, that they'll pick some show that nobody's ever heard of in a million years. <laughs> well, this was on, on BBC Two for three years span in 1982 to 85. No, come on. We're, we're not talking, again, about good theme songs bad thing we're talking about the best ones the ones that you hear instantaneously and i don't even have to tell you what the theme song is you Mm -hmm. know it already and you're singing it already yeah that's right that's right so we're looking forward to it. it's gonna be a lot of fun it will be a lot of fun uh, almost as much fun as Dave Gellerman was today, Gordon. <laughs> Speaking of, <laughs> it's always fun when Dave comes to town. So we've been talking a lot, a lot about the Jets situation at quarterback, right? Oh, what are they mm-hmm. going to do with Sam Darnold? They're going to trade him. They're going to keep him. They're going to what are they going to do? Should they keep him? What? 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 And there have been many people for. And Gordon, we've discussed the Giants a little bit, mm-hmm. and we've talked that they seem to really think that Daniel Jones is their guy, but this is going to be a big season for him. Right, because this is the third year. You want to see the positives. Last year, he cut down on the turnovers. Later in the season, he did a better job, uh, despite not having Saquon Barkley. He was able to run the ball. You know, they they mm-hmm. put some runs in for him. He was able to move the ball down the field. Yeah, he could use some some more consistent weapons. And we'll talk about Evan Ingram, who name came up today over at Giant Stadium, uh, over at MetLife Stadium. Uh, but here's what Dave Gettleman said about Daniel Jones. Well, it, you know, we, you know, you, you do your evaluation. We've had Daniel for two years. We've done the evaluation on him, and we really believe he's the guy. So it's it's no reason to, you know, no reason to go look. I mean, everybody, you know, what we're doing isn't fantasy football. We're not playing. We're not doing that. You know, we've we, we've got a conviction on him. He's everything we want. He's got all the physical skills. And again, I I, I say this all the time. <clears throat> 
you know, the guy, the kid just finished his second year of, of NFL football, all right? How many of us, after two years at our new job, were great? No. We all start at point A, and we hopefully get, <clears throat> excuse me, hopefully get to point Z, but the one common denominator is it takes time. Everybody's got to understand that. We're, we believe in Daniel, and that's where it is. I don't know about Dave, but in radio, you don't get <laughs> you don't get don't a know, long yeah, time. I don't know where Dave is talking about. You know, the old line from Jerry Glanville, the NFL stands for not for long. Uh, yeah. If you have enough, I'll say this. Daniel Jones's first year, I was actually impressed with. I thought he was mm-hmm. actually far better than I thought he was going to be. The turnovers were obviously an issue, and he beat some bad teams. But, okay, fine. You know, to, to come in in a rookie year – and throw for 24 touchdowns, only 12 interceptions. The fumbles were really the issue there. But he completed 60% of his passes or so. Such, you know, so that wasn't so bad. This year, it's great that he was able to cut down on the turnovers, but he could, I mean, the offense was, was basically non I mean, it was the worst offense in the sport. So uh, you cannot afford to have another year like that. Year three, History has shown us if you don't, if you're a quarterback in this league taking that high up in the draft and you don't show it by year three, chances are you aren't going to show it. So, uh, you know, patience is all well and good, but patience is running. You know, Dave Gettleman, it's amazing how he apparently has the confidence of the, uh, the giant ownership because this is now going to be what year three of the reboot, re- oh, no, excuse mm-hmm. me, year four of the reboot. Yeah, just coming up on four. And, uh, you know, it. it it's great that the NFC East was terrible enough to keep the Giants in things last year, but they weren't in it all that much. I mean, it's not like they, you know, they won eight games or anything like that. Uh, there's still a lot of work to be done in that quarter. You know, it's not surprising, right? Like when the Deshaun Watson rumors came up, I said at the time, I think a lot of people, as soon as you think about it, there's no way the Giants are going to go at there's, there's nothing that the Giants will, because they believe that Daniel Jones is the guy. But sometimes convincing yourself of something doesn't make it true. You're right. And the other thing that really is concerning about him is part of the lack of weapons that he's got around him, Gordon. Yeah. And as Mike Tannenbaum said on DiPietro Canty and Rothenberg this morning, considering what their salary cap situation is, I don't think he's going to get a lot more. They signed a couple of players that obviously didn't work out. Golden Tate, Nate Solder. Those contracts do add up over time. You know, when you when you pay the wrong people in the system, uh, you're going to pay for it. And those are just a couple of the mistakes they've made. And you look at a guy like Kevin Zeitler. Is he someone they can move on from and say, you know what? While he may be a better football player than Shane Lemieux, but maybe Lemieux is 80% of the player and 60 cents on the dollar. Like, those are things that you have to look at. Daniel Jones is on a rookie deal, but there's a couple of really, you know, expensive guys at the top of the roster that are going to take up a big portion of it. And, again, with the cap going down, uh, the Giants aren't the only team in this situation. And they and after the guys chatted with uh, our GM, Mike Tannenbaum, the Giants then went out and, you know, gave the franchise tag to Leonard Williams. You know, it's amazing the situation. That Dave, I mean, Dave Gettleman, the, the team is, is, is basically strapped for cap. I mean, like a lot of teams are cap, uh, strapped for, for cap space this year. Mm-hmm. But it's not like the Giants have some list of, of superstars, right? They don't yeah. get anybody that outperforms their contract. Like if they're paying somebody a lot of money, yeah, okay, it's great that they're performing at a high – like Leonard Williams. He performed at an excellent level last yes. year. But you are paying him top dollar. It's not like anybody really outperforms their deal. And they have the, the quarterback on the rookie deal. That's supposed to make it a little bit easier to spend the money in other places. And yet they ha- apparently have no money. And now they kind of have to bring back Leonard Williams, right? Yeah, really. Sure. So uh, I don't know. Does that mean that Tomlinson is not going to be back too? I can't imagine you're going to be spending that much money on that position. You know, two guys at that uh, on the defensive line, you're going to be breaking the bank for two guys there considering all the other needs you have. I think it's clear that this offseason, the draft, whatever money they have to spend in the offseason, they have to go out and surround Daniel Jones with weapons. they got to find some playmakers. I don't know, uh, you know, if it's the, the kid Jalen Waddle, who a lot of people are mocking uh, to uh, the Giants at 11. I don't know if it's a receiver somewhere else in the first round. But they got to go out and find some weapons for Daniel Jones so that after this upcoming year, you can say to yourself, well, you know what? Look, we improved the talent around him, and he got seismically better, right? He, he took a major step forward in year three, and now 
it's not just our belief, but the numbers prove this is the guy. And then if it turns out that you improve the weapons around him and Daniel Jones is still the same kind of guy, well, then, you know, you got a quarterback problem. You're going to have to go replace him. Yeah, and the question is going to be what kind of quarterback will you get because hopefully, he, even if he has problems, you, you hope not to duplicate the bad season you had this year. You hope to at least be able to win a couple more games that you could have won last year to at least get to 500. If, if you're 8-8, eight eight, Gordon, you're, you're not getting a really solid quarterback. You're going to have to go with a quarterback that's going to be further down or you're going to see if you can get a veteran quarterback, and that's not what you want because you're trying to build a quarterback for the future. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a bad situation to be in, right? I mean, I, I don't see – I like the coach a lot. I thought that mm-hmm. the coach had a good vibe on the team last year, and I liked a lot of the things that he instilled in that first season, and hopefully that's a sign of, of good things to come. I, I just don't see the Giants being all that talented. They don't have all this much cap space or, or draft ammunition to be filling all these major holes, and a lot of the holes that they're filling – they're filling because they've missed in other areas, right? Like, you yeah. know, you know, and it's almost like at this point, Dave Gettleman, you know, there's this, this theory in like business that you fake it until you make it, right? <laughs> like you pretend that you ha- you know exactly what's going on, even if things aren't, plan- you know, going according to plan. Mm-hmm. It almost feels like that's Dave Gettleman's philosophy. He's going to fake it. Till, like the, there's been, you know, he's talking today about the young offensive line, and yeah. I think it was Kim Jones that brought it up. Well, you have two veterans making big money on that offensive line. You can't really say it's a young offensive line. No, no, it's a young offensive line because we had rookies here or there. Um, not looking for a quarterback. You know, we're making progress. Wait, where? What yeah. progress? I mean, the team is still bad. It is. And it doesn't, it, it, you know, it's not, you know, the, Gi- the Jets might very well be bad again next year. And who knows? Maybe they'll never turn it around with, with Joe Douglas and Robert Sala. I don't know. But at least you can kind of have hope in that situation because, right, you have the second pick in the draft. You have mm-hmm. all these draft picks. You have a quarterback who maybe you can trade. You have all this cap space. Now, again, maybe it'll amount to absolutely nothing. But with the Giants, yeah, it's been a little bit better in terms of the record last year. But, I mean, you're talking about all this faith in a quarterback who, going into year three, has still not beat a winning team. I love him. I have a ton of confidence in Evan. He's fun to coach. The guys have fun playing with. He gives everyone in the locker room a lot of confidence. This guy's guys out there every day. And this guy works tirelessly. I mean, tirelessly. This guy empties the tank every day. So, in terms of confidence within the program, absolutely we have confidence in him. 100%. And he's a guy, you know, that obviously we have to keep continuing to feature in the offense along with Caden Smith and Levine and all the other tight ends that will be in our program because these are guys with skill sets and we just got to make sure that we keep on doing things to use their versatility and skill sets to put them in a position of strength. Giants head coach Joe Judge on his tight end, Evan Ingram. You're listening to Hardesty and Damer here on 98.7 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Gordon, here's some numbers on Evan Ingram last year. Give it to me. 63 receptions, Mm -hmm. 654 receiving yards, one touchdown. And the problem is one touchdown. And he's dropped a number of plays that could have led to touchdowns. And you would think for a guy his size and speed, Gordon, Daniel Jones, should he should have at least nine, ten touchdowns. This is this guy's perfect for you in the red zone. The Giants have trouble scoring in the red zone. A, no said Quan Barkley. B, the tight end Evan Ingram didn't get the job done. Yeah, and then we, I mean, how many we we talked about it countlessly, uh, countless times about how there's plenty of times where there would be a pass to him and he would not only not catch it, he would bat it up in the air to the other team. So uh, yeah, I mean, he's always kind of been an enigma. He is the old uh, sports adage about the the little girl with the curl, right? Like because you mm. can see him at times, and you can it doesn't take much to imagine how this guy could be an absolute force. Yep. But if it were going to happen. It would have happened by now, probably. So, uh, yeah, he's a look. I get, I, I get where where Judge is coming from, right? Because he's the coach, yes. And his job yes. is to take the talent given to him by the GM mm-hmm. and 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 formulate the best team and and nurture that talent the best way possible. So he's going to say all these type of things with Evan Ingram, but you know when he doesn't bring up the fact that the guy has dropped the ball countless times. It kind of makes it – it almost is like it goes in one ear and out the other. All the positive things that you're saying when the most obviously glaring thing is not mentioned. Yeah. And listen, everybody knows the quarterback's best friend is a running game in the tight end. 
And, you know, considering that Daniel Jones wasn't the running game, at least till later in the season, I mean, they had, they had players, the running game got going a little bit later, but for most of the season, Daniel Jones was the running game. Yep. And, with, and with your tight end, and, and, and they were, you know what, Gordon, they were pretty good between the 20s. But when they got in the red zone, they just fell flat on their face. And for, sorry, Jet fans, for you to have a worse offense than the Jets had last year, that's hard to do. Yep, yep. That, that's it's hard uh, to do. That's that's an accomplishment, right? Because they, their <laughs> offense was as bad as it could possibly be as well. And um, look, uh, to me, it's all about trying to figure out a way to put Daniel Jones. Let's find out about Daniel Jones for once and for all. Saquon's going to be back. You hope that he is 100% or cl- as close to it as he can be. Mm-hmm. That should be a, a major upgrade in the running game. But, you know, you bring up the running game last year, and it – there were times where the offensive line did seem like it was making strides. Yes. But yes. I think that that's only because of where it was making the strides from, mm-hmm. because it was just so bad that anything that was even remotely functional makes it seem like, wow, what a massive improvement. I mean, the reason why they didn't have a lot of a running game last year is because there were no holes for the running backs to run through. It's true. It's true. And and the rookie, Andrew Thomas, struggled a lot last year. And that's to he be expected. Did. That's to be expected. And that's why you kind of hope that the veteran Nate Solder would be there to help him out. You know, you could rotate him in if necessary, help him get, you know, read, adjust to the, the, the rushers that are coming on to him. I mean, he had trouble, Gordon, with, with, with very quick pass rushers went by him like lightning. And so that's footwork that you have to cut down on that angle and how you set up. And, you know, that was evident because what they, they had the offensive line coach, then you you got rid of him, and you ha- you had a quote a consultant unquote line coach, and then he became the line coach, and so obviously the offensive line was a situation in progress that needed to be held, needed to be done, and you know it it just didn't get done consistently. So hopefully Thomas, his second year, he's gone through it. He'll have a full training camp this year. He'll be okay. He's he's got the experience. He's worked on some things in the off season, and and he should be better this year. Yeah, and that's another area for Dave Gettleman. There's no more excuses, right? No. You, you've used you've mm-hmm. used everything at your disposable at your disposal to fix the issue, which was probably the number one issue when you got here was to fix the offensive line. And again, it was better last year. You like yeah. some of the young players yep. that they brought in, and you again you think that Thomas will be better in year two. The other guys, Lemieux, will be better, and all these guys will be better. Um, it's got to be. I mean, it's, it's, it's got to be a whole lot better. And it almost feels like with the Giants, there's so many areas that need to take these seismic jumps forward for mm-hmm. them to take the seismic jump forward. I, I just can't really uh, expect it as much as I like the coach. Yeah, yeah. And the one thing I will say, their defense really improved last year. So they, they have – obviously, you want them to continue to improve. You're not, you're not happy with where they are. But they were – they are far ahead of the offense at this point. Yeah, well, I mean – that wouldn't be hard, right? I mean, <laughs> we're talking about the worst offense that there is. It would not be hard. But, look, Bradbury was a great signing. Blake Martinez mm-hmm. was a good move there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Leonard Williams clearly played out of his mind last year. But that's the thing. You know, like, again, it kind of goes back to, like, everybody that the Giants are getting production from, it's not like there's any bargains in that group. You know no. what I mean? Like, you're paying – you know, you paid Bradbury a bunch of money. Now, he performed to that – it would be worse if he if you paid him all that money and he didn't perform to that level. Mm-hmm. The Giants got some guys like that too. But it's not like there's any bargains on that roster where you say, oh, you know what, look what, – what a great move here. What a great move there. Wow, yeah. the future is so bright. I mean, I feel like going into this year – if you told me the Giants – it would be hard for me to believe the Giants are going to be a playoff team this year. If you told me that they were going to finish last in the NFC East, I, it would not shock me all that much. Yeah. Depending on what Washington does with their quarterback situation, well, they, I yeah, tell you. That, that is kind of important. They would need to uh, – <laughs> they're going you know? to need to find one of those at some point. Yeah. I mean, because you know, I don't know what Alex Smith is. Right. I mean, well, they got know? rid of Alex Smith. Alex Smith is not there anymore. Yeah, they, got, they cut him. Yeah, he's, he's a free agent. So, um, uh, yeah, I don't know where they're going to go. I mean, they're one of the teams that have been mentioned with Darnold. Boy, I hope for Sam Darnold's sake that's not that's not the spot he's going no, to because no. I, I don't have a high level of confidence that uh, you know I would like to put him in a you know if San Francisco is seriously interested I think that's the best spot for him to go a coach mm-hmm. that knows what he's doing yeah. an offensive coach you know back home you'd think that that might be able to if there's anything there that you can be tapped into that would be the spot but yeah Washington I don't know what they're going to do a quarterback at least the Bears are, are, are dreaming themselves into these fever dreams that they're going to get Russell Wilson. I don't know whether know. they're going to – if they are or not. Like, 
Where did but, that come from? Right. That's their top priority. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Gordon, before we get back to the phones, did you see uh, Russell Wilson's agent told our Adam Schefter he's not asking for a trade from the Seahawks? He's not asking for a trade. Right. No, not asking for a trade. But he has a no trade clause too. But he will waive the no trade clause to either Dallas, doesn't make sense, they don't need him now, Dallas, New Orleans, Vegas, or Chicago. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, I would think that Chicago is really the only one that kind of makes sense there, right? Mm -hmm. New Orleans has their guy. Obviously, Dallas, I never thought that that makes sense even before the DAC thing. And now, certainly with that out of the way, that's yep. that's out of the box. What was the other one? Vegas? Yeah. Yeah, I guess Vegas could kind of make sense, right? It seems like they, they one day they like Carr, the next He's day never they don't satisfied. like Carr. Right. I Come mean, on, Chucky's never satisfied with a yeah. quarterback. Ever. That, Ever. that has been, I mean, uh, look, I know that he gets a pass because he was in the media and, you know, has a lot of friends in the media. When he mm -hmm. signed that 10-year deal, boy, it's been one bad thing after another there with the it Raiders. Been. And, uh, you know, there was, an, uh, there was an article, I guess it's been a couple of places, just kind of pointing out uh, Mike Mayock's uh, first year into free agency and, and just mm -hmm. what a disaster it was that they handed yep. out like $80 million in guaranteed money. And the three guys that they signed for the $80 million, it was, you know, they, they basically got nothing for it for. So I'm sure there'll be some other team that's about to go spend a whole bunch of money here and there in the NFL free agency. That's not going to get a whole lot for it. So uh, exactly. Exactly. It's not my team. That's all I'm hoping for. I hope it's not my team. I'm worried it is, but I know you are, but I don't oh think so. God, it's a disaster. They, 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 oh, they always screw it up, Larry. Why do they always screw it up? Just why can't they just let me run the team? I could. I don't know. I, you know what? People will say, you know, there's so much more to it than you think. I don't think it's that hard. I'll let the, you know, I'll let the people, you know, the, the, the people that know what they're doing handle all the grunt work. Just mm -hmm. let me pick the players in the draft and free agency, and, and, and it will be uh, – clearly I cannot do any worse. The team has been a disaster for 30 years. <laughs> Give me three years, just three, and I can turn it around. They will be in a playoff game with me in three years. I guarantee wow. it. Guaranteed. 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 Brian, Guaranteed. Let's, go, let's go to promo code Gordon and put that oh, down. There's easy money I mean, there. how hard can it be? It can't be that hard. Three years. Three, three years, years, he said. Look, they almost made it this year without me. I, I'll <laughs> hop on the bandwagon at the right time. Little move here or there. Yeah. Listen, if, if you didn't want to see Tua, you might have got there. Yeah. Well, I, I did <laughs> you not only want needed to, one more game. I, I was on the bandwagon last year when everybody say, oh, you're going to get Tua. You got to trade up to get Tua. I'm like, I don't want Tua. Mm -hmm. But then they got Tua, and uh, yeah. it's mixed results. Yeah, mixed it results. Is. Yeah, it is. And just one quick thing before we go to the phones. Gordon, what do we tell people about the NFL all the time? We were talking about Alex Smith, right? Mm -hmm. Comeback player of the year. Right. Gone. 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 <laughs> right. 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 Gone. What an amazing story. Here's your things. <laughs> exactly. Right. Here, here's a cardboard box that we just got from the bodega down the hall, you know, down the road there, so you can clear out your locker and, and move to the next team. Now the rumor is, according to SI, Maybe he could be headed to Denver. Denver, hmm. For, to to give because the, the theory is that they want he wants some comp they want competition for Drew Locke. I would think. I look. I don't know. Maybe he really thinks that he can still play. Uh, look, they 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 were you know they were a playoff team this year, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know. I would. He seems like the perfect guy for one of these teams drafting one of these quarterbacks early yes. on. Yeah. To be the mentor, you know, like maybe. You know, maybe not Jacksonville because maybe Lawrence, but maybe, you know, maybe the Jets, right? Like, if mm -hmm. you move off of, of 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 Sam and you draft Wilson at two, mm -hmm. you know, maybe it's not a bad idea to bring in somebody like that that can kind of, you know, maybe start the season, mm -hmm. be the mentor, has seen it all around the league. You know, yeah, not a, not the worst choice in the world. Not at all. Not at all. Bruce is in Flushing. Bruce, start us off on ESPN New York tonight. Hey guys, how you doing tonight? Um, I want to talk about the Giants. And Gordon, I'm just warning you, we're going to be on opposite sides of the fence. Okay. At the Giants. Um, but before I get to that, a, a, a technical point in order. If you're having so much trouble with the 70s theme songs, yeah. you have a song from Hawaii 5 -0. It premiered in 1968. Mm -hmm. It went through the 70s and was last aired in the 80s. So you have flexibility. Yes. There are a couple that we have some flexibility with that. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And Hawaii 5-0 is, is a good example of that. That mm -hmm. uh, you know, I don't want to give up too much away, Bruce, but clearly Hawaii 5-0 will appear at some point absolutely. in the course of the tournament. But yes. uh, where, it, where it winds up, 
that's still a little bit up in the air. All right. Now, Gordon, you and I, we've got to put on the gloves now. Okay. Do it. You're wrong. Okay. <laughs> Bottom line, you're wrong. Okay. Because the, the Giants In, in regards to what? As regards to the Giants. As okay. regards to right now, as a Giant fan, I am very optimistic, and I'll tell you why. Okay. The Giant coaching staff has been settled. I, Joe love, the co- I love the coach. That I, I will not disagree with you on the coach. Okay. Number two, the defense is now good. And, in fact, it was very good at times last year. Okay. I mean, there's some weak spots, obviously, at mm-hmm. linebacker or whatever. Yes. But you have to fill that in as you go along. Mm-hmm. But um, it's, it, it, it put pressure on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Even though they, you know, except for Williams, they didn't have any outstanding pass rushes. But as a team, they, 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 I think they were, like, uh, in the top 10 or top 15 of, of sacks. Okay. So the defense is, is, is getting better. Mm-hmm. The secondary is improving. Mm-hmm. Um, the quarterback is definitely still a little bit of a question mark, but when he was healthy. But let's he be honest, Bruce, let's be honest. The quarterback, for being the sixth pick in the draft over two years, has not. Li- if we were doing the draft again and he were in the draft, he would not be the sixth pick in the draft. He was overdrafted by the Giants. Not necessarily. We'll have to well, see. What is it? Well, I mean, he's been terrible. I mean, he, he's been the quarterback. He's not beaten one winning team. He, he, this year, this past year, he threw 11 touchdowns over the whole season. This, did you look at his offense? He had no wide receivers. Okay, all right. Well, end, look, I think Sterling Shepard is a decent one. Look, I'm not telling you he's got great weapons. But the idea that he has nobody is, is a little, I mean, come on. Uh, Sterling Shepard is not terrible. Slayton, Slayton had a good year two years ago, not this year. Ingram right. is a weapon. I know that, you know, we can kind of joke about him dropping passes here and there. No, but he's a weapon for the other team. He's 11 touchdowns. He went to interceptions. Look, Bruce, I'm not, I would, I, look, I'm not arguing, with, like, if he threw 22, right? Like, uh, you know, 22 is low, but he threw 11. Well, I guess, again, we, 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 he didn't have too many options. Well, <laughs> name me when one good wide receiver that you can depend on and not have Doesn't the quarterback have to also elevate the play of the receiver sometimes too? Like, do, like if, if, if you have to have a quarterback surrounded with great wide receivers and a great tight end and the running backs there, well, then I think you kind of have a quarterback problem. I'm not writing him off, but I'm just saying over two years, he has been a disappointment. You, Especially, need, wide, you need people to get open in order to throw the ball. Well, what's the – I mean, all right, Barkley wasn't there this past year, right? He got hurt. But, like, other than that, it's the same receivers that he had in year one. No, because um, um, Shepard was a lot healthier and, and was better. Um, as you said, Slayton the was there. Slayton Ingram was there. In that first year. You could depend on Slayton in the, in the first year. Last year, you, you, couldn't, you couldn't really do that. I mean, they're all take, I mean it, like, it's like you're putting all the blame on the receiver and none on the quarterback. What, like I said, you have to have, you have to, A, you have to have time to throw the ball. Look, and B, I'm willing to give you that the you defense is much better, but you got to give me the quarterback's been a disappointment. No, he's maturing and he's going He's maturing, right. What does that mean? He's maturing, right. He was supposed to be. Because of his, you know, the, 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 the tutoring he got at Duke, and all, he was supposed to be kind of like a ready-made or a more ready-made kind of quarterback coming in, that he was, you know, that he had a lot more polish than some of these guys that come in after, you know, two years in college and this and that. I haven't seen Nobody it. Nobody thought he was Peyton Manning when he came out of college. No, but, I mean, look, that Manning connection, they, they thought that they were getting – they thought that they were re- – no one else would have taken him sixth in the draft. Mm-hmm. And at least – I'm not, I'm not writing him off. I'm not saying that he can't possibly be good. But at least through two years, he has been a disappointment. I, I don't think that that's even debatable. I, I, I think it is debatable. Uh, well, I, I think you're right, wrong. Well, you guys I, will to use your words, Bruce, you're wrong. <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> Thanks for the phone call, Bruce. It was an interesting discussion. Here's the issues that you have with, with uh, Daniel Jones, right? And he didn't even get into Gettleman. You know, like, know. again, like he's talking about the defense being better. Why is the defense better? Okay, because he's paying Leonard Williams top dollar. That's great. Yep. Leonard, he, he identified Leonard Williams, and Leonard Williams with the Giants was better than Len, Leonard Williams with the Jets. That's a credit to the coaching staff, and I guess it is a, cro- a, co- uh, a credit to, uh, to, to Dave, Dave Gettleman as well. Mm-hmm. But, you know. He brings in uh, Bradbury. He's paying him top dollar. I mean, 
Yeah. You can't you can't fix all the the ills of the team by signing this guy and that guy. Sure you got to start nailing some picks in the draft. Yep. And we can go through all the picks in the draft. They've not been great. He's been here for three years now. This is another draft that he's going to have. Um, it, 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 the idea that this was going to – they've won 15 games in three years, right? Is it 15? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a bad team. It is. It is. It's a bad team. And the issue with Daniel Jones, the other issue with Daniel Jones is he, can't, he hasn't played the full season. No, another guy's been hurt. And, yeah, and, it's it's great, and look, issue. it's great that he finally stopped turning the ball over every single solitary game, but it's almost like that that has, that has taken any risk-taking at all out of his hands. Like the, the coaching staff didn't want to take any shots with him because they were worried that he's going to, you know, give up the football. And, and you're a little concerned with the fact that, you know, he was from his accuracy, he was more accurate in his rookie year than he was last year. And he had turnovers. He had more turnovers in his first year. But you could just see Gordon. He just seemed to be more accurate. His, his passes were, but he seemed to well, look. He has never, he he has never had a good game without Saquon Barkley as the running back. Yeah. And he didn't have Saquon Barkley this year, and you saw how that went. Yeah. Trouble. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight.